Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content, like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonster.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com. Hello, listener, and welcome to Great Designs. My name is Tim Kilfoyle, and I'm happy to host our Great Designs podcast, shining light on the complicated world of electronic design. Great design can be a challenge on its own, but it can be tougher to know where and how to get good information. We know this, and we help navigate through it every day. We built the Great Designs podcast to be a low-pressure, content-rich environment with topics that matter to you. Make us a regular stop and be informed. Hello, this is Tim Kilfoyle. Welcome to another episode of Great Designs. I am happy to be joined today by Taranjeet Atwal. Taranjeet, it's great to have you uh, here today with us to talk. Uh, thanks, Tim. It's my pleasure. So quickly for introductions, uh, Taranjeet is with You Are Live, and we're going to get a bit into the discussion on product uh, and company there, but I, I want to get some bearings first because Taranjeet and I have had a relationship as it relates to the product, uh, I guess myself as the client in this respect, but I want to get some understanding first. Uh, let's see, we worked together on this product in 2020, maybe early 2021, um, but I, how long have you been with your Live prior to that? I'm just kind of curious what the timeline's like. Yeah, well, with uh, your Live, uh, it's been over three years now, and previous to that, it was a couple of uh, years um, where we spent some time uh, investigating uh, the technology and what's possible, and we founded uh, a few years ago now. So it's been it, we've been thinking about this problem and this problem space for quite some time, and uh, we've made made a few breakthroughs. I'm, I'm excited to share those with you. Great. So prior to that, I mean, I'm counting backwards three to five years uh so prior to that, either three years or five years ago, you were somewhere else, I presume. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, three to five years before that, I was actually semi-retired. Oh, is uh, that right? Yeah, yeah. Running an organic blueberry farm. Oh. Uh, just something, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Something completely different than, than uh, technology. Uh, I had had my fill of technology. And... Uh, Prior to that, I, I guess if you, in, in terms of background, I have a computer science degree. I worked as a developer for uh, over a decade within the gaming industry. Um, I then went, uh, got, earned my MBA uh, in, in England, actually, uh, on exchange in the UK. Um, and I, after that, I've, I worked for uh, Electronic Arts. Uh, I worked directly with the chief operating officer, so in the gaming industry still. I left that to wow. found my own Bluetooth company. This was way back when Bluetooth was just in its infancy. Um, in fact, I actually spoke at the second Bluetooth developers conference on software on how wow. to take this, yeah, how to take this complicated uh, uh, connection process between devices, which at the time was taking about 25 steps and we had down, narrowed it down to about five and I wanted to share that learning. Um, after that, I actually joined Microsoft as a group program manager on the networking, first initially the wireless team and then the uh, networking team uh, within Windows. And, and when I was, 
Yeah, it's it's been sort of a meandering path, but it's been for me. It's you know, as as you know, as you being an engineer and and you know the young engineers listening to this, we always like challenges. I think engineers just want like give me the hardest problem that you have, and I want to jump at that. And uh, this meandering path has always uh, allowed me to challenge myself. And and then I think I probably challenged myself too much, which was like I got to go do something, some farming or something completely different. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's a, actually, that's a fascinating background. I didn't know any of that. I really did. I knew Microsoft <laughs> was in your past, but that that story is great. So what I was going to say is so much of what I know about you is unique. Uh, you're the first Terranjeet I've ever met. And what what is so interesting, the first time that we spoke online, I was so impressed by the setup you had with the camera, with the video. It was instantly compelling. And you don't recall this, I'm sure, but I asked you what is going on there. You've got a background going on that's not, you know, there's nothing, uh, it was perfect. It was not, you know, shading differently around your ears or, uh, you know, and you said, well, it's not exactly a background, it's actually my room. Um, but anyway, that that made an impression, it was impactful. And so many of the things you just mentioned that I didn't know about you, in fact, uh, just, it, it's fascinating how much of a fit they are with the things that we were looking for. So you hit on some of the things that I wanted to ask, and I'm just going to go back to some of these topics that I wanted to just hit. So Microsoft was in your background, mm -hmm. and you had a computer computer science degree. And in, in other words, you studied computer science in school. Um, yes. So I'm, I'm curious, as it relates to the, the um, nuts and bolts of what you were doing, were you more customer interface were you front facing or customer facing or were you deeper technical and i'm just i'm just going to tell you now the root of this question you have this authentic quality in dealing with your clients now i don't know if you always did but you've got it and it made me think that maybe you weren't you know code level or deeper technical you're much more customer facing is that accurate so i guess throughout my career i think the answer is yes <laughs> early on i started off to make sure i got i got a deep technical grounding and when I get uh, engineers and software developers asking me what they should do with their careers, because uh, you know these are in-demand uh, uh, backgrounds right now, so you know the world is really open to them. My suggestion is always to take the first few years, so the first three to five years, and go as deep technically as they can in their area. Um, that will serve them well throughout their um, their career. Um, so and I, I did that. I benefited from that. I actually went uh, deeper for a lot longer. I, uh, I mean, early on, I was uh, tasked with uh, converting multimedia software from Apple uh, computers to PCs, um, and that uh, that was the first one. And we didn't really know how to do that, and I had to figure it out and learn and and went from there. Um, and then as my career evolved, um, in fact, at even at Microsoft, uh, I was actually the enterprise program manager for a while. So I was tasked with dealing with uh, large uh, companies in terms of their requirements and bringing those in, into the operating system. Um, and I, I think I was able to do these things because of the technical grounding that I received early on. Um, and then because of that, it's allowed me to go back and forth. Uh, in fact, in, in, as I mentioned, when uh, we first launched uh, uh, Your Live, I actually did some of the coding myself. And that's helped me identify um, the right skill set with engineers that we hire, also help contribute to the architecture, and even long-term uh, sort of vision in terms of where we can go and where will be the technical uh, limitations and where will be the customer-facing ones. 
So I, I think for someone, uh, you, you know, early in their careers, they're thinking about this. Do the, get the technology granting first, because I think the education only teaches one so much. And then after that, make sure that you go into other areas where you're expanding uh, your skill set and learning how to deal with people, with customers and uh, some of the bigger challenges. Got it. So I mentioned earlier that we started working together in 21, uh, 2020 or 2021. The reason I'm not sure on the date is because we first identified this need that we had and we started looking in the market for a solution. And you mentioned uh, that you started working on this product as it related to a need or or a problem to be solved at some point as well. So the the problem we identified back in... 20 or 21 was this need for an instant access to mm-hmm. a an engineer and mm-hmm. and I have to admit that when this first started it was not covid related this had more to do with us being able to launch an FAE or field applications engineer platform that we could use across the country because what we found was it was difficult to keep an FAE busy if we didn't have enough calls or interest coming into them. So if we thought, mm-hmm. can we get a person in a location and utilize more than just five or six states, but maybe utilize 20 states and have all of that feed into one person, and then they could be placed in one location and all the calls would come in online. So we went to Microsoft and we asked Microsoft to help do this through Teams and through many discussions, they advised that they couldn't or wouldn't because of security c- concerns and so forth. So we started looking online, and that's where we came across you. That was our problem in trying to find a solution. But I'm curious, what exact problem was it that you were trying to solve when you first came up with this Your Live product? Um, it, well, first of all, I should just mention that uh, your uh, experience is actually typical. And, it's, it, and I'll, I'll get to that in terms of why it's typical. It's because whenever we want to solve a problem, we always look at existing solutions, and which is what you did. So you, you, know, you mentioned Teams, and there are other uh, products that, that compete with Teams. And they very clearly are teleconferencing services, so video conferencing services. And the problem that you had requires a new solution a video calling solution. So I, I think we, you know, it might help be helpful if we sort of expand on that. What's the difference between video conferencing and video calling? Well, video, co- video conferencing um, is it, it, sort of, I, I guess let's put it this way. So video conferencing would be the weekly team meeting that you have where everyone gets into the boardroom. Whereas video calling is someone dropping by your office to talk to you about something. That's just sort of a general way of looking at it. Let's, uh, but if we go into it a little bit deeper, it means when I'm setting up a video conference, I know a number of things. I know when the call will be. I know who will be on the call. And I will have contact information for everybody on the call. In other words, I already know who they are. Uh, so I, can, I have their phone number or their email so I can reach out to them. And video calling is unique, and it's actually quite different. For video calling, we don't know who is going to be calling. We don't know when they're going to be calling. And even we don't know whom they're trying to reach. So these are two very different problems. And the second problem that, that um, 
not knowing any of these answers is the hard problem that we attacked and we've you know we're happy to report that we've solved it i think the need for this as it arose for you um is actually uh coming out we're, we're getting this uh, this sort of similar pattern uh with customers where they're looking at what solutions are available and then they're finding that they won't meet their needs and they're and they're, they're coming to us um it, it's really as a result of a general trend uh within within the industry within society um if you think about it uh maybe over the past decade or so we've gone and gotten used to talking to our friends and family over video whether that was through technologies such as Skype or even FaceTime. Over the last few years, we've gotten used to talking to our colleagues over video. So that's, you know, that would be your Zooms and, and other technologies. We talk to our friends and family over video. We talk to our colleagues over video. The expectation is now when we want to reach out to businesses, we also want to do that over video. And that is a unique challenge and there's a number of, uh, I won't get into the weeds on this, the number of challenges that need to be overcome uh, to do that. And this is where we think uh, think everyone is going, that the expectation will be when I go to a website, it won't be to find somebody's phone number or an email contact to have them reach out to me. The expectation will be when I need to talk to a company, I will go to their website and expect to click a button and have a live person answer. So I've seen that same product um promoted in email packages or new apps, et cetera, or new websites that will promote sending emails as video. And the one thing that I, I guess I would be concerned about on that is security. And I think that's the one thing Microsoft was promoting, the fact that they had concerns on security as well. I'm curious, yours is an HTML-based, everything is accessed through a URL, how is it that you bypass that or what is the protection that you have that that eliminates that concern for for users like me um i think the uh, so there's a number of security things i mean I, I i should just mention that we are highly secure and highly private uh in fact i i like to say that i i believe communication privacy and security is a human right that we all should have that ability to speak with our friends and family and not have have to worry about uh, you know malicious actors uh, listening in. Um, the <laughs> this the concern so I, the concern that Microsoft may have raised with you and the concerns that uh, most people have with teleconferencing services and sharing their links is generally how these communication links have been set up. Um, and the concern is that if that link is shared, that somebody else could duplicate it. Well. What we've done is we actually hide those links. We share a link to the person or to the team. We never share a link to the room. Mm -hmm. the, these video conferencing services are sharing links to the room. So anybody who has that link can now access that room. And then and there's other problems if you start password protecting them. So what, what do you do with tomorrow when someone has yesterday's password and you, and you run into this issue of changing that all the time? So I, I, like our, our team recognized this problem early on and we sat back and we created an architecture that keeps that hidden and keeps that secure. And on the front end, the customer, the caller facing side, it's a link to the person. Uh, let, let, me, let me attack it, a, a, try to explain it a different way. So we're all used to taking phone calls, right? And how do we do that? Well, we give, we give our phone number to people once and they use that phone number to call us 
for forever, as long as you know, as long as we keep our account. But in video conferencing, we're doing something very different. Every time we want someone to call us, we're sharing a new link with them because the technology is in its infancy. So we're sharing a new link every time we want someone to reach us. It would be like sharing a new phone number every time we wanted someone to phone us. And that's just so archaic and so uh, elementary in my mind that there has to be a better way. And we've, we've gone and tackled that problem where we say that your, your uh, link slash Tim or your link slash uh, my FAE, that those links now belong to you. And anybody, anytime somebody wants to call you, they just click that link. Well, we take care of creating a new call and notifying you and routing those calls. That's really the, the magic in the Your Live Cloud where we handle all of this. So we've made the front end very simple. And that's why those links are very unique. And that's why those links are very secure. Got it. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's it's uh, beyond me in terms of the telephony side of it. And I know you probably hate to hear the word telephony, but <laughs> the, uh, the back end of it, we'll say. So I want to give you the opportunity to talk about the, the product itself. I first want to just describe for the listener what we're doing. And you know what we're doing, but I'm going to mm -hmm. tell you that we're probably only scratching the surface with respect to exactly what it can offer. But in the application that we're using this for, we've launched what we call My FAE, as you referenced, and the ability for a customer to go to our website, click on a link, give the camera and microphone permissions, and then instantly talk to an engineer regarding applications or technical specifications or how do I use this or why isn't this working as it relates to the products we sell is is exactly what we're after because we want to be able to reach this digital native engineer who is 22 and just graduating from college and was born with an iPhone in his hand. Or we want to reach that person who is able to work now from home two days a week or five days a week and maybe isn't coming into the office. So there's people that we no longer have access to to provide answers and solutions to, et cetera, we want to be able to give them some opportunity to reach out to us for a technical solution. But again, we're mm -hmm. using this through clicks uh, or buttons on our website. And it's a one-to-one, peer-to-peer kind of approach. So that's the simplest form I expect in terms of what you all have built. But tell us what more is there, because I'm sure there's a, a larger feature set that we don't use. And I want to give you the chance to describe the bells and whistles. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually in the most rudimentary form. I think you've described it. That would be a single person calling a single person, and we have we offer that for our our sort of uh, professional plans. Um, but for businesses, um, the requirement is uh, is a little bit more uh, enhanced um, because there might be a caller, and on the receiving end, so that link that you've created for your for my FEE. Uh, you might put that on your website, you might put it in billboards, you might send it out an email. And then yet the FAE, on the other hand, might not be available 24-7. So you may need multiple FAEs answering these calls. Or the FAE, one particular FAE may be on vacation, you need a different one. Um, so that caller link cannot go to just an individual. It needs to go to a group or a team of people. And what we've done, and this in essence is the, uh, is, is the core uh, of our product, is we've built a cloud PBX for video. 
So what does that mean? What's a PBX? You know, if you're not, as you mentioned, the telephony side, they understand what a PBX is, but most people don't. So let's say private branch exchange. Uh, so think of going, to, you know, when, when an engineer joins a company, uh, what, what they'll do is they'll get a computer, they'll get a you know, desk, uh, and then they also get a, a phone. Well, that phone number is generally an extension. It's not, not a number that goes out. It's a, you know, 1-800 number with X, you know, the five digits usually. That extension is set up through a PBX. It's a private exchange for that branch, so private branch exchange. And a technician usually comes in and configures that line to work with that phone. And it'll take them a couple of weeks because, you know, you've got to schedule technicians. But what we've done is, first of all, beef that up to enable video and then enabled it soft PBX in the cloud that anybody can go and edit. So it doesn't require a technician coming in. That means that the group of people who can answer calls coming to a particular link, um, businesses can change that instantly. And it can just be a standard admin who changes. Hey, it's these you know half a dozen people answering it in the mornings. This dozen that answers in the afternoon. And then in the evening, we'll switch it over to Asia. Or we'll switch it over to Europe. And then they can answer but that front link that stays on the website, that's always static. So in essence, it's our core PBX allows static links to be contacted by callers and yet dynamically change the call group in the back end that can answer these calls. And that then enables one click video from websites and allows people to reach the teams that they need uh, instantly over video and video is a much richer experience. So I, I've got to ask, because this is something that I presume you've done work on, I don't know this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. I think about the number of people who click down a, um, we'll call it a, a tree, a click tree. You're mm -hmm. going down and sorting for yourself where you want to end up. You want to end up at a, at a human that's going to answer your question. And I imagine with the more clicks, the, the larger the opportunity that that person is going to get disinterested and just fall off. The, the appeal that your product offered us was that single click, even though you do have to give permissions for the camera and the microphone, but that single click access to a person. And I'm just curious if you know, if you've done this work, if you know in the industry, what advantage are you giving your customers with respect to a higher hit rate because it's fewer clicks? It would seem logical to me, but I want to just ask, is that something that you're aware of? It, that, that is an excellent, excellent question. And the reason, uh, so first of all, yes, we simplify that one process. And the way it happens is, and, and these are general uh, benefits that we can get when we move things, uh, when we change sort of, you know, I hate to use the word paradigm, it's overused in business, but when you change the paradigm behind how something happens, you can gain ancillary benefits. So here, for instance, let's, let's use that example of uh, sort of the phone uh, menu tree hell that we go through when we're trying to reach, you know, the, our, our cable company or someone. So what they've done is they've put that single static phone number and say, reach us through here. And then when the customer reaches out to them, they then have this menu system that's saying, we'll help you select the group of people or the person that you can, that can actually help you. So they're making the customer do the routing. Because these are, you know, these are uh, hardwire switches in, in many uh, cases. And then, the, I mean, the routing is getting uh, software based now, but it's still, it's this problem that they've set up for themselves. Now, when you go into the video PBX, as we've set up, because the customer is just clicking a link, 
they can, we can create a new link for each group that they're trying to reach. So you can go to someone's site and you can say, I want to talk to an FAE that specializes in, say, boards. I want to talk to an FAE that specializes in, in, in this particular product. Um, so you can, you, you on your website, you can even on that same page, you can put multiple links. And when they click those links, we automatically route to that group of agents. On the phone side, if we had to do this, anytime you wanted to add a new phone number, once again, you got to make a call to a tech. They've got to come in, set it up, change it. So it becomes unfeasible, which means that capability doesn't exist there. But because we've moved it into the cloud, we've made it software-based, that whole routing problem disappears because we can have multiple links on the front end. They can still call the same group of agents in the background, or you could you know, make it a subset of each group of agents for, to answer whichever link because of their expertise. Um, but because of the nature of the sort of the revolutionary nature of the improvement that we've introduced here, that routing problem actually disappears. Yeah, that's great. Well, as I said, you do have to give permissions in, uh, in a couple of respects, which I think you would expect any customer or user to want to have, meaning camera and microphone. So I guess we'll never avoid that, but it is a great product. And mm -hmm. I'll, I'll mention for someone like us, which is a, to say a smaller company, it makes it much more accessible than the larger PBX systems or telephony-based systems. So it, it's opened up, I imagine, for you a much larger potential customer base. Yeah, it, it, it really has. Um, it, it, you know, as I said, the general trend is to move towards video. And many businesses sort of, you know, across the breadth are recognizing this and they're trying to take steps to, to service their customers better. Right. The access also, uh, we were careful to not require anything in terms of input from the customer also. In other words, as our customers reach out to us, click for a video call, click for an audio call, or click to schedule. We didn't want to necessarily have to have them invest anything of their personal data in order to get to our engineers. The, the, the simple fact for us is we want to provide the access. We don't necessarily want to capture anything. I'm sure that there's there there are capabilities in there, but, but our strongest suit was we just want to give them the access. And that's exactly what this has, has provided us. Uh, absolutely. I, I'm, a, I'm a strong proponent of that. And I like that you've done this the correct way in, in my thinking. Um, the advantage of, of what we can do now is we can, if, if, if someone has a question, we can instantly get them in front of an expert who can answer that for them. The longer we delay that, the more hurdles we put in their path, such as, oh, give us your, you know, your name, your phone number, or your email, so we'll call you back in a day's time or a few hours' time. Then that enthusiasm that they have for, for the product or, or the question that they have, the urgency of it, that starts to dissipate, and then you, you could potentially lose that customer. That's why when they're enthused and they think that there's, a, there's somebody that can answer that question, you're in a unique situation at that point. If you provide a really good customer experience, then that becomes memorable. And if you now make them stumble and throw hurdles in their way, then that becomes memorable. Sure. So whatever you do at that moment will have an outlasting effect over time. So that's why it's critical to, to remove all of these hurdles to, to really the, the only, you know, as you mentioned, the only requirement, and this is a requirement across the industry, is when someone clicks a link to when you request their camera and, and microphone, that, that that's a privacy and security concern. I think it's a good one. That after that, there should be nothing else that's required of the customer. It's just, please wait here. And somebody, we've already notified them. 
and they will jump on this call within uh, within you know seconds. So I absolutely love the way that you're doing that. So Charanjit, just uh, to kind of wrap up with the last question for you, and I'm not asking you to share anything with us that you wouldn't share as a trade secret or things that you guys are working on in terms of future projects, but looking at the system that you've built, mm-hmm. it would seem that there are countless ways this could go. And of course, you could scale it up endlessly because it's based on uh, doing calls through the internet. So I, I, that's a presumption I'm making, but it seems like it would be scalable really to any degree. But I'm curious to know, to the extent that you're willing to share, where does this go from here with respect to even potential uh, areas you're looking, markets you're focusing on? What what does this particular UR Live product, what does the future hold for it? It's um, It's exciting and it's broad. As you know, because it's communication, right? So humans have been communicating from the days of you know smoke signals to uh, um, musical devices to drums to video to to now. So because of this, is this in my mind um, is is the next evolution that that really I think uh, and, and this has been accelerated by what's happened over the challenges over the last couple of years uh, in terms of video, but the expectation has now changed. And it's changed broadly. And because of that, the implication for us is that the demand is actually across industries. I mean, I, 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 I do have to, have to be, uh, uh, well, I don't want to be reticent either. I mean, it's exciting. This is uh, the stuff that's going on is, for instance, uh, let's just go through like a broad brush, if I can remember all of them. Um, healthcare, and that's both on the clinical and on the medical device sales side. Clinical, it's sort of, sort of important because um, if you're sharing the same link with patients, often these patients are non-technical. Um, so when they're getting a new link, they get confusing. So if they want to have a video call with you, why can't I just call the same link as I call the same phone number? Well, we've solved that. That, that becomes useful there. Um, for devices, medical complicated devices, it actually reduces the number of visits for onboarding uh, new hospitals or operating rooms. Uh, two devices, so you can imagine the cost savings there. Instead of having someone stay there for uh, you know for a week or so, they can just go for a couple of days, and then afterwards their team can answer over video because you can actually show them this is the page, this is the dial I'm looking at. I don't know what to do, or this is what I need to do. So, so that, that it's exciting there that we can make a difference. Um, then there's also, <laughs> I mean, the, the different industries. For instance, uh, uh, luxury items. Uh, such as jewelry. So when you go shopping, you're not just shopping in one store, but they can help you with all of their stores. And then obviously for jewelry, somebody's going to want to try it out and actually touch it, touch and feel it, but at least they know where to go and what they're looking for. It helps narrow it down. And then the obvious, the, the, the ones you would think, you know, the, the big ticket items such as homes and, and auto and even insurance, uh, you know, for, for ex- extended warranty uh, type stuff where, Currently, their experience is the customer, if they want an extended warranty, will upload videos of their product. And the agent trying to decide how much they, could, they should charge for this particular warranty in terms of the, the condition of the vehicle, it gets more challenging. But if they're on a video call, they can just, oh, show me that seam. Or you said the stitching was like this, or the dent was like this. And they can give them a quote more immediately and more accurately. Um, for our engineers, though, I, there's one that, that just came to mind. I think this, this is kind of exciting. This is, uh, think of uh, water treatment plants for municipalities. And these are complicated, uh, one-off type deployments. 
And when something goes wrong with them, what ends up happening is an engineer will fly to that municipality and could, you know, and then drive most likely because not all of them are, you know, near big, large airports. So it could take someone half a day to a day to get there. Now, meanwhile, the water treatment plant is down. Um, so every hour sort of matters. And when they get there, then they phone their HQ and then they try to determine what the blueprints are because there's, so there's an engineer working with an engineer. Um, we have the capability to simplify that uh, where each particular device where they need their, or each particular component, I should say, where they require their blueprints would have its own QR code and a team who could answer those questions. And when that QR code is scanned and sent back, they already have the link to their internal link to their blueprints. So by doing this, we anticipate shaving hours off of uh, fixing uh, something and getting, getting it operational again. So yeah, it, it is, it is a communication. It is really broad. So the implications are, are pretty significant in a lot of areas. Uh, but I, I, th I think I can generalize them a little bit for you so we can understand where this, where this is going. What we've really found is for companies that understand that branding superior customer service is going to lead to a stronger brand, which then will lead to more sales. So think of uh, companies that are aware of this are ones that are selling high value items or highly complex items. Um, or, and, and this is what I like about uh, what you're doing, where they provide access to expertise. So this is why I think the kill flow of my FAE, where you're giving um, anybody who needs it access to a highly rare expert and made them readily available, I think is so powerful. Yep, no, I, I agree. It's, it's good to hear you say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate all the time you've given us. It's a great product. We're gonna keep rolling it out. We have to keep adding experts um, and filling out the, the product categories, but it's a great start. We're really excited about it. And I'm really happy that you were able to join us today. Well, thank you very much, Tim. It's uh, been my pleasure. Thank you for tuning into Great Designs, our low-pressure, content-rich environment where we cover topics related to superior designs and electronics. Our content is posted here once a month, and we hope to catch you on our next episode. Did you know a podcast episode like this can provide literally dozens of marketing content assets for your business? It's brought to you by Content Monster, your go-to for engaging marketing content, like this podcast or remote video production. It's not just a podcast, it's your marketing powerhouse. Visit contentmonster.com to learn more. That's contentmonsta.com.